You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Yep, it's episode 34, the training camp episode, I guess you could say, because we had the official start of training camp this afternoon, this morning, whichever, uh, however your favorite team uh, set it up. But, should be the Flyers. Right, you would think, but you never know what our audience might be. Uh, despite us being a Flyer-centric, you never know who might be listening. So I'm going to appeal to all audiences. Scott, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm doing well. Nothing else much to say to that, but, you know, I'm well. Good. So the I mean, like this is <laughs> it's a weird we had a positive thing in the start of training camp. And then immediately after training camp starts, two teams announced that they're either sending players home because of pl- positive res- tests to the COVID-19 virus or they're telling multiple players to self-quarantine because they might have contract come in contact with someone who was positive at the time. Um, and that's pertaining to the uh, Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Fly- – or excuse me, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So – Yeah, don't scare people. Yeah. Not I mean, we're trying to be positive here, but we're not trying to be COVID positive. So what, what – right. Oh, well played. <laughs> so, like, what do we – what do we say to players and, and coaches that are – gearing up for the restart on August 1st, which isn't that far away. Like we said last week, as soon as they announced the schedule, which we'll dive into because uh, they announced that today and yesterday, or to, they haven't officially announced it, but leaks of it have happened. And as, and as you said, NHL is the worst kept secret, secret organization in the pro, pro sports. So as they're about to start this off on August 1st, but they also have two teams that have possible – COVID-19 positive cases, what what do we do here? Where, where do they, what do we, how do we approach this is really what I'm getting at. Well, I think the, the important thing to look at is that as of today, they have, the NHL announced that they have 43 players that tested positive for COVID-19 during phase two, mm-hmm. which began on to June 8th, or should I clarify, they've had 43 positive cases. Now, whether that that's 43 actual players or just 43 positive cases where someone tested positive twice, we don't know. But the thing is, everybody can look at it and say, oh, man, we've had 43 positive cases. That's that, that's a lot. No, that's less than 1% of the actual tests because yeah, they've actually done almost 5,000 COVID-19 tests with over 600 players involved. Again, we don't know if it's specifically players or tests because one of the things the NHL is not going to do is they're not going to tell people and the fans about who tests positive, which makes sense. But that's not that before we dive further into that. I'm, but does it make sense? But does it make sense? Because we're talking about the, the world of sports here, where, yes, in the NHL, it's a little different because we're just told lower body and upper body until they finally come out with, oh, yeah, by the way, Ghost has a torn ACL when he had a torn ACL his rookie year or whatever it may be. Or uh, Sam Moran, again, has his torn ACL. But their initial clarification is a lower body injury. But, like, can you really – with COVID-19, I think we – I don't want to say we have a right to know, but I think we should know what who's testing positive and where if they're in Edmonton or Toronto because the NHL needs to be able to – 
evaluate all of this and figure out what they're going to do next. And I think they do know, and I think that they're going to take extra precautions, which is why they expanded the roster uh, for each team. I think you'll see a lot of things with that coming up where you're, you're going to have some of the big names that are, might come down with it. And next thing you know, they might be out of the lineup in a really important game. It's something you have to be prepared for. That's that's unfortunately one of the sacrifices you have to give if you want the want the game to come back. It's the only way that's going to work. However, when you look at it as a whole, the fact that they've only had about 1% of positive tests in this whole thing tells me that they're doing something right at least. At least things are moving in the right direction. And, yeah, and granted, you're going to have some guys who test positive throughout this. I mean, there's going to be no way that it's just going to be you know, squeaky clean and and all that. I mean, look at look at if you look at the NBA, Russ Westbrook, he, he tested positive today. Yeah, you know? I saw that. Eleven players in the Penguins did, and a lot of players in the Canadians did. So, so is there? So, I guess the question is, or I guess they're both the NBA and the NHL's hope is when because they're starting the leagues in the middle of August or the beginning of August, like the the NHL is, is there hope? By the time these players who tested positive test positive or whatever it may be, they self-quarantine for the 14 days. And then because we're in August 13th at the time of this, like by the time we get to August 1st, every player that's in the bubble is in the bubble. And now they're safe because they either contracted it or they uh, didn't contract it between now and the start of the season. And then the bubble is established because that's the whole purpose of the bubble in the NFL or excuse me, the NBA and the NHL. They want this bubble to keep their players entirely safe. So is that the goal here? Or are they just going to say, okay, if we have a positive test on August 3rd, as the Flyers just played a game on August 2nd, they have a player now tested positive. Are they just going to push through, and that player is now out for two weeks, and hopefully they're, the the team is still in the in yeah. the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's be realistic here. We have to prepare for someone like Claude Giroux, Jake yeah. Voracek, Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov, Carter Hart to 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 possibly come down with COVID. I mean, we have to prepare for that. You have to prepare for big names: Crosby, Ovechkin, Carey Price. See, I'm wondering, I wonder if, and not to cut you off, but as you mentioned these big names, are these big, uh, is if it's a, an abundance of big names, like you just said, Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, if, say, two of them, two of the biggest names in the NHL contract the COVID-19 virus, let's just, for the sake of argument, say July 28th, right before the season is expected to start. Is the NHL going to reevaluate this and just go, you know what, I don't think this is worth it because no. they're going to look at the pennies and dime, pennies and no. dimes of the big-name player? No, no chance in hell. If they get it to that point, even there's big names, that's why they expanded the rosters. They're, they're going full steam ahead unless a ton of players all of a sudden come down with it and they have some sort of breakout like they did in Florida. I mean, yeah. one of the bigger names, Austin Matthews, he already had it, and he said he would still be able to train through it despite the positive test. So, like, which you know, doesn't make sense. Like, on the face of it, doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's he, some. He probably had a he probably had a mild case. Like, you know what I mean? That's what that's what the thing is. I mean, the idea is this: is that the NHL is is going to go ahead with it from the you know 28th to the 30th. There'll be the exhibition games, and then August 1st, we're we're ready to go. I mean, at this point, the train is moving, and it'd have to be something drastic for them to stop. Yes. But I look at it this way, too. Look at it this way. 5,000 COVID-19 tests, 43 positive. Okay? Which is, yeah, which is obviously a great sign. Because if, you, if you have, if you're establishing, like I said, this, this bubble that you want to establish in Toronto and Edmonton, um, if you establish this bubble and you get 43 players on the initial start of this thing testing positive, you're theoretically you're expecting that number to go down as you stay in the bubble longer, which is a good thing. Like obviously, because then you yeah. stay in the bubble. You're, you're you've established the bubble, and no one's leaving. No one's coming in except officials and doctors and whoever else needs to get in. So the the theory theory of a bubble, I agree with you at the end of the, at these at the, to the, to end this. Like it, it's it's obvious that the NHL is just going to push forward. I think all of sports is going to push forward once yeah. they start. There's no stopping the train. Correct. And I think that that's it. It has to at this point. I mean, look, I've been I've been a proponent all along. Let's not rush this back. A lot of places were on lockdown for three months. We're seeing spikes in other states. 
you know, a lot of states now, like further north, like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, if you go to a state that has any kind of breakout, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. So no point is, is that at this point, I think we're ready to see it come back. I think we're ready to people have weighed the risks. They have viewed it. There are a couple of players who actually are not coming as not who are not playing um, at all during this, which they had till today to be able to decide. But there's some decent names here. Carl Osner, defenseman for the Canadians. He's not playing. Steve Camper, defenseman for the Bruins. He's not playing. Biggest name, in my opinion, biggest two names, Mike Green out of the Oilers. He's not playing. Wow. Neither is Travis Hamonic. Now, Travis Hamonic from, from the, the Flames. That's going to hurt them a lot. He's one of their top defensemen. He's not playing. Sven Barchi from Vancouver, not playing either. And lastly, Roman Polak, another veteran defenseman. He's not playing. So these guys had all opted out without penalty, of course, because they're that concerned about it. If if guys were that concerned about it, the 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 NHLPA would have not made the deal to come back and play. And also, if guys are really that concerned, they could have opted out. And while there might be one or two that chill trickles around here that we'll get word of in the next 24 hours or so, the whole point is, is See, that I, I don't even believe in the deadline. Like if 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 one of these players all of a sudden is just like, you know what, I, there's an uptick in virus cases in Toronto or Edmonton and it's three days before the season, I'm just going to opt out. Like if the player want, doesn't want to do this. I'm all for not letting them do this. I don't know. I think these teams, for what Darren Dreger is saying on TSN, like they're a lot of teams are eager to get going. They want to get oh, to the hub course. cities. They want to get going. Listen, these are hockey players. These are pro hockey players we're talking about here. Regardless of what anybody's opinion is, these guys have worked their entire tails off their entire lives to be able to get a shot at the Stanley Cup. I'm telling you, considering the fact there's only been 43 cases, it's, one per, it's a little less than 1%. Of out of almost 5,000 tests, you have five or six players who are opting out. You have like 90% of the 99% of the players here that are going to be there. They're ready to go. These guys aren't going to let a virus stand in the way. Listen, all the precautions, some people may not agree with the way that the league is going about this and the fact they're coming back and may think it's too soon. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm sure a lot of people believe that as well. And it's probably they have some validity to it. But the point is, these are pro hockey players that want their name on the Stanley Cup and have worked their entire lives to get an opportunity. And tell you what, some of them will be damned to make sure that they're not going to pass this kind of opportunity up. Now, uh, because we are a, as we talked about early in the podcast, when I said, welcome all flyer uh, hockey fans, whoever you root for, you made it a point that we are a flyers podcast. Correct. We are. Is there any possible just to play conspiracy theory and be a douchebag oh boy you're not gonna go all out jones on me are you <laughs> are, are the pittsburgh penguins tanking for that number one uh, you spot? know what i saw this today <laughs> yeah i think all of a sudden they got a bunch of players are all of a sudden tested positive Nine, or, or they're uh, they came uh, in contact with a uh high risk positive COVID nineteen uh person. They, they didn't say if it was another player or any but anything. Like you said, they're not announcing who this is, but they have nine players that are self quarantining, going through all the tests for the I believe they're in day three of the 14 day maybe a little bit more. Either way, they're in quarantine to figure out if they've tested positive or not, just to play safe. Or are they just tanking? But like at the I I guess I'm already backtracking because I can just say, well, we're more than two weeks away from the start of the season, so how can they be tanking at this point already? Well, I mean, they might not be ready to go, those guys coming back, because that way they have a chance to lose against Montreal. But here's the thing. Montreal had a bunch of guys get test positive as well. So that's a problem for them is that I so are both, that, that, are both the Montreal and Pittsburgh tanking to hope that they get the top spot? That is going to be the most garbage-ass series playing round-wise we are ever going to watch. It is going to be trash hockey, but I still think Montreal is probably going to win it if they're healthy. Yeah, I, I like – I. Well, well I don't know. Them for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't want to see – see – Here's my here's my thing. I hate when teams win more than one season in a row. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, don't get me wrong. When your team wins, you want to see them do it again every year, of course. I mean, we all had opportunities with that with the Phillies here in Philadelphia and the Eagles a couple of years ago. 
But I really hate when you go through an entire season and then one team wins the Stanley Cup and then the next season, guess what? They go back and they do it all over again. It's like Patriots symbol. I'm so desensitized by watching them win so many in a row that I can't stand it. So you know what? I'm sick and tired of seeing the same teams win the Stanley Cup. Like We went through almost two decades of pretty much the same teams winning, whether it was the Penguins or it was the Devils or it was the Detroit Red Wings or if it was the Avalanche or if it was the Devils or it was... No, I'm done with this crap. Hey, look, if they if they tank, I, I don't care. Whatever, it's their prerogative. My yeah. whole point is this: is that you know, it's stupid if they want to go and and tank for a pick to play with Crosby and Malkin because they're so scared because their prize pieces are in their thirties now. The whole thing is, I, I'm, I'm I want to see something new here, and it would be cool if a team like Montreal who had an outside chance got in and made some noise in it almost like a uh like one of those weird teams from the ncaa that happened the cinderella teams that happen yeah. to do it every single year it would be cool to see something along those lines as long as that happened to the flyers they get knocked out by them but the whole point is is that i mean i'm sick and tired of seeing these same teams in the playoffs every single year well, that's let's, funny because the fly before the 0405 lockout the flyers were one of those teams they were in the yeah, playoffs they didn't for nineteen. Anything with yeah, it? They, but they, they went to the yeah. one Stanley Cup final. They were garbage year in and year out with it. With all due respect to them, they were. I mean, the best team that never got to a final was the 04 team, probably better than the twenty ten team that got there. Oh my but, god, yes. Yeah, but even mean, and, and not to, not to, not to, not to, I digress. But the point is, is that you know. Let, 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 I really hope none of these teams really – because that's still that draft even two weeks later. I'm still pissed off about it because now you got to wonder, oh, wait, like a team like Minnesota who actually could get in if they were played decent enough. Oh, wait, well, all of a sudden they're just going to tank because they have a chance to first overall pick. Or a team like Pittsburgh, all of a sudden, oh, we got COVID, guys. Guess what? We have a chance to first round overall pick. Oh, I got COVID all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to – I doubt anything is going to be like that specific like that, but still – you know, you don't want to see these teams all of a sudden. Oh, great! We got our whole team's got COVID because we have a chance in the first pick. Let's tank this. You got to think <laughs> some of these teams are going to wind up doing that because they're not good enough to get in to begin with. So, well, what, one team I know is not going to be doing that is our very own Philadelphia Flyers. After seeing right. what this team is today was obviously the first day of training camp for what they called the Phase Three return to play. And it's literally just the start of training camp. It's exactly what you see in late, early September, mid-September in the regular season or in a normal season. Obviously, we're way outside the realm of normal. Um, the first thing I noticed was every reporter who – I didn't even know that they were allowed to be there uh, at practice. I'm assuming they were in Voorhees uh, at the Flyer Skate Zone. But the, fir- the problem they are. Yeah, the, the first thing I noticed was – the one player that seemed to be picking up right where he started or where he stopped at the, at, in March was one Carter Hart. And we've talked about time and time again how important Carter Hart is for how good they're going to be come playoffs, whenever that is. I'm, I'm, we'll just go with August. But like hearing that, all, that immediately on the first day of training camp, Carter Hart is stonewalling guys. I'm feeling really good about the Flyers right now. I Don't know it's day one. Read in too much into it because guess what? It's a lot easier to stop a shot if guys aren't on their game shooting wise. So yeah. listen, yeah. all due respect to Carter Hart. It has been done before where guys have carried this. I've been saying this all season long. It's Cam Ward did it. Jordan Bennington did it. Some other there's been a couple guys throughout history in their first year. They've carried a team far. We've seen it here in Philadelphia 20 years ago at Brian Boucher. Don't forget, people, he took him to Game 7 Eastern Conference Final, and then Eric Lindros lost his head and the game was over. The whole point is <laughs> What is a that, poor term of phrase, lost it, his head. It, it, I mean, he did. He yeah. was the same after that hit. <laughs> I mean, I know, but it's uh, just – by the way, I didn't realize that Eric Lindros, is his enti- him and his entire family – Huge gritty fans. It's awesome. It's oh, so great. Listen, listen. There's no question the impact that Lindros had on this city and how awesome it is back that he's in the Flyers' good graces again. It's great. You can honestly look at it, a player and say he's a really, really good player. If it weren't for the injuries, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. Yep. But let's be real here. The way his term ended here in Philadelphia was not the prettiest of sights, either on the ice or off the ice. So I'm, I'm glad all that stuff is patched away, but I just speak the truth. But the point is, I digress going back to 
to this is that, listen, Carter Hart is going to have to go through, through some growth here. The most comparable goalie you can really pair him up with is Braden Holpe. And yep. Braden Holpe, if you go back and watch a lot of games in the playoffs, Braden Holpe's lost a lot of games in the playoffs before he ever got a sniff at a conference final, and then they won the cup that season. So the whole point is is that everybody can look at it and say, oh, my God, Carter Hart. You, yes, in the playoffs, you go as far as your goaltender. There's teams that can just carry – goaltenders can just carry a team right through. Probably the best example that I can say – Jordy Bennington was a really good example of it last year. Granted, they had a really good overall team with the Blues, but Bennington stepped up after he had bad games. He had a bad game six in this kind of final against the Bruins and stonewalled him in game seven when you absolutely needed your goalie to stand on his head. Tim Thomas in 2011 was probably the best goaltending run I've ever seen a goalie do. It, it, there was nobody who's ever played like Tim Thomas like that. The thing is, though, Connor Hart's got to go through some of these growing pains here. If if I'd be concerned if he – it wouldn't be a bad thing. But, like, for instance, like, you have some guys who have gone out and have had that success, playoff success very early in their career, and they've never been able to capture it again. Boosh is a great example of that. Some of these other goaltenders, too, throughout the league have had the same thing. Holpe had actually decent success his first season or two getting into the second round and really carrying his teams late. But he never really got – it took him another decade, really, to get actually going into more um, – as far as deeper into the playoffs. Uh, look at Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's another great example. Look how many times the Penguins have gotten to the playoffs. And yeah. Fleury fell on his face. He got pulled in 2013 for Thomas Vokun. So, I mean, and then Matt Murray again in 2016 and 17 when they won the Cup. I mean, he carried him the next year to um, – the final with Vegas, but another goalie too, Martin Jones. His first season with San Jose took him to the final, and has again he hasn't been the same since. So the point is, is that when guys had this kind of early success in their career, they're not all going to be like Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur and be able to win cups like it. The game's not like that anymore. Some of these guys may get there once and may never get back, but some guys who learn how to lose understand what it takes to win after that. You might need Carter Hart to go through some of that, so don't be surprised if that happens. Well, yeah, or you hope that they just don't collapse in on themselves. I, I get what you're saying in terms of trying to get the taste of losing, but isn't that the point of going through juniors and, and midget hockey? You know, like I mean, Obviously, no. the NHL is completely different, but like no. I, I mean, you lose I mean, in the regular season, and then you no. hope that – it's not like that, though. That's what I'm saying is that you play the regular season to get to the playoffs. It's a completely different animal after that. You can see teams who are at the bottom fish at bottom part of this, uh, the the you know the the bottom seeds be able to run the whole table. We've seen Anaheim in 03, the Kings in 2012, the Flyers in 2010. They were a seventh round seed or I'm seventh overall seventh seed. So I mean, yep. those those teams that you come in hot, you tend to go through hot in the playoffs a lot of times that happens if you get goaltending at that time. My point is this. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, don't expect Carter Hart to lose a round and lose early in his career. No, that's not my point. My point is you don't want them to lose. That's not my point I'm saying at all. I'm saying don't put all the pressure on the kid saying, hey, kid, right. you, know, you were great in the regular season. What happened to you in the first round? It very well could happen. He is a first full-season goaltender going through the motions and getting his first taste of playoff experience. I don't care if you've won it all in junior and won the Memorial Cup. I don't care if you want it all in the Calder Trophy and in the Calder Trophy and Calder Cup in, in the AHL. I don't care if you've won all of those. It is not the Stanley Cup playoffs and everyone is human, regardless of what sports psychology or not. Good luck, good luck trying to filter that out of that nervousness. It's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah. happen. Let the kid grow. Let the kid get into it. It's better long-term trajectory if it happens now rather than three or four years now when this team is really going to be clicking and ready to go. Granted, it could happen this year. And if it happens, it's going to be the greatest experience in Philadelphia history. But don't put all the pressure on the kid and say he's not a good goalie. He's not the kid who can take us to the next level. Don't. Do what you do to Carson Wentz in this city and right. tear the kid apart because that's what's going to wind up happening. You can't let him learn through it. Let him grow. Well, yeah, that I 100% agree. And there's no doubt in my mind if the 
worst happens and the Flyers just say they get the fourth seed and they just now have to uh, deal with – then they get swept in that next round or whatever it may be, losing five, and then everyone's calling for Carter Hart's head. Like, I'm never I'm, – we're going to be fighting those people whether the Flyers lose in the first round of the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup final. Like, that's just how Philadelphia works, and that's the sad part. But that that's for certain. Like no no one on the th- this is going to be a pro Carter Hart podcast for at least another season because you can't just like Give like a longer leash than that, dude. Well, like, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? Like unless there's a total collapse in his what would be his third year of an and it being an NHL goalie, like no one's abandoning him that has the right of mind. Correct, right of mind. But do Philadelphia fans, when it comes to goaltending, have a right of mind? I mean, let's be honest. Right. What's, what's the only reason why they had, say they haven't had a goalie since Hextall? Yeah, because of uh, the Philadelphia fan. No, not only that. They, honestly, not, they haven't even had a goalie since Hextall. They haven't had a goalie since Bernie. And you know why? Because nobody else has won it. Yeah. Hextall didn't win it. Hextall, Hextall had so many cracks in it, never won it. We can go down the list. I mean, I don't see this kid turning out to be a Boosh. And don't get me wrong, no disrespect to Boosh, none at all. I think Boosh has been one of the rocky figures in this city that we've come to love, even though he never got over the top. Yep. Boosh has become that guy for a lot of Flyers fans, which is great. He just was a, a guy never got to the top, but people still love him. But we can go down a list complete. Look at Ray Emery, and he got hurt. Okay, Mike Layton. We all know what happened in Game Six. Which, by the way, right before we came on, NHL sent me a te- sent me a notification saying, "Oh, relive Game Six of the 2010 Final." No, hell no. I'm not reliving that crap. But it's oh the yeah, there it is. I'm looking yeah. at it. 37 Sir, minutes ago. I don't yeah, need to see that. That's terrible. Sergey Bobrovsky is another example. Ilya Brzgalov's another example. Steve Mason's another. All oh, these God, guys well, we ran through town. And yes. they, they, they've never catapulted us, so there's never been any real love for any of those guys. I liked Bob. I think there was a hope for Bob, but I think because he was sandwiched in between uh, Brzgalov and that whole mess, I just think that that's something he got the short le- – an especially short leash, if that makes sense. So Bob – I don't think Bob ever really had a fair chance because I think he's a decent goalie, but – he hasn't proven himself just yet in the playoffs, and that's obviously the biggest thing. Just yet. You know the guys, he, he's over 30 years old now. I mean, yeah, that's he's 32 cr- like, years old. I mean, he's, there's no – Sergey Bobrovsky is one of those guys who just would all due respect, he's not going to get it done in the playoffs. He's never yeah. been able to get it done. He's won one – he's 31 years old. He'll be 32 this year. He's won one playoff round his entire career. Yeah, people get mad because, oh, we gave away a Vesna for nothing. But you know what? Guess how many rounds he won in, in his tenure? Uh, what's how many playoff appearances he's had? And he's had one playoff win, yeah, and one playoff round win. That's it, nothing, nothing. And you think if Florida's going to be able to go far? I don't know with that team. They have, they pose a little bit of a threat, but I mean that's going to be an interesting series against the Islanders. That series is going to get no love. That'll be a better series than Pittsburgh and and, and Montreal. I guarantee it. Oh, that's I will a hundred percent agree with you on that, and that leads me to what this just. So they announced the unofficial schedule. We don't know. We don't think this has not been officially announced by the NHL. Kind of not the times yet specifically, but right. they do have it on NHL.com. They do have the schedule out of who's right. going to play who when, which is a great sign because the way you read it, if you're looking at it like I'm looking at Frank Saravalli's uh, photo tweet of the schedule, the way it reads, it almost seems like Boston and the Flyers were going to be the early game, which I think the earliest they were going to do is 12 noon uh, Eastern time. But it's, it, the rumor is that they're going to be the 3 o'clock game on the August 2nd. And let me tell you, five games, six games in one day, incredible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's going to be the best. Dude, you're, you're the luckiest man on earth right now. Do you realize that? Yes. You realize that. I'm very happy to be in the Uh, position that I'm in. (laughs) Exactly. With your schedule, you're literally going to be able to come home from work and watch hockey all day and all night. And actually, that leads me to – because I don't know – and that let me segue into this. I I know this pertains to the schedule, I promise. Because of how many games there are, and now we're slowly getting sports back. Obviously, baseball is going to be the first. The MLS is still going – is going on right now, Major League Soccer – Premier League is going on, all this stuff. 
have you dove into sports or teams that you never watched before? Like I never really like would dive into just like, for example, the first game that's scheduled out for August 1st is Carolina and the New York Rangers on a given Sunday night or whenever that's going to be a Saturday night. I'm never going to watch that matchup, but because I'm so starved for hockey, I'm going to watch the the, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers, the Islanders and the Panthers and the Penguins in the Montreal, and just sit there mindlessly, just eyes wide open like I'm being brainwashed like the guy in uh, Get Out watching hockey. <laughs> That's a great analogy, by the way. It's so Thank true. Um, and, and, and no, I, I, listen, what do you think I do during the playoffs? Listen, I have no life. My life <laughs> is I have, uh, I have I am married with two children, and my life is watching – Hockey and watching my kids, of course. The whole point is, yeah, is that you, some, come, you, just, you have at least them in the same room. Yeah, exactly. Listen, listen <laughs> my, my, my little guy, my little guy loves hot. I'm, I'm telling you. So this is how much of a loser I am. Okay. So um, it's actually kind of cool, though. So every morning, like on the weekends, when I wake up, uh, my son pulls me into my office and he grabs my Apple TV remote And he makes me put on hockey highlights. And every time, no matter who it is, every time a team scores, he cheers. So I've I've corrupted this young, beautiful thing that, you know, is going to just be hopefully absorbed by this sport, Um, depending if he wants to or not. It seems like he is already, which is bad news for my wallet. Uh, The point (laughs) is the, the kid... The, the kid just loves it. So, like, for me, like, I'm not kidding. I will sit here and I'll watch some old games. I'll watch some old things. I haven't watched any kind of other sports yet. I mean, Frank, like, I, I mean, the, when baseball comes back, will I catch a little baseball? Yeah, but you know why I'll catch baseball? Because I want to see what baseball's like in an empty stadium. <laughs> Honestly, yes. that's the reason why. No, no, you're right. Like, there's, there's, it's such a weird sight to see when I'm watching the English Premier League or the the Philadelphia Union just played their first game and the MLS has returned to play, uh, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. Either way, that uh, – well, no, wait, today's Monday, so I guess it was last Thursday. Either way, like it's just a – it's intriguing to just see. Let me check this out to see what they're doing to cover up the stadium. And what's cool – or not cool, but it's just – it's a weird sight to see all of those seats, not just empty, but some of the arenas are just covering up the seats. They're doing their own decals of the team logo, whoever the home team may be for that particular game. It's going to be interesting to see what the NHL is going to be like in an empty arena. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Because part of the part of the game, too, is the presentation. I've always said in long – I think I mentioned it a couple shows ago. What, what's going to – What's going to bother me the most is the crowd noise because I get so – because the whole point you were trying to make, am I going to sit here mindlessly and watch it? Absolutely I am. I'm going to sit here and watch hockey as much as I can because I love watching it. But what's really going to screw me up a little bit is that you have a game that goes into overtime and in the playoffs yep. and you hear the oohs and ahs from the crowd and yep. the energy from the crowd is really what makes hockey fun on TV because it's not the best TV sport when you're there it's just mind blowing. You've ever been to a playoff hockey oh, game? Oh, of course. We were at we were at the game, I guess it would be game 5 of the Flyers and Capitals the year they won. The Capitals won the cup. Uh, it was the game after the infamous uh, bracelet game. When they- oh, okay. So the, you're 2016. They won. Yeah. That was 2016. They won a cup in 18. So, it, yeah, I know what you're saying, though. But like, it, you don't realize how jacked up people get. Like, when you go to a yeah. regular Flyers game, it's enjoyable. It's fun. You get energized with it. It's electric. When you go into a playoff game, ramp that up by 10. Yes. And not having that energy there from the fans, which is just so much part of it. It, that, that's the part I'm going to miss the most about the playoffs is seeing how the crowds get into it. Yes. And you're, that, you're, that, that's going to be the hard part. I agree, yes. Uh, my hope is that the NHL and NBC, because I'm assuming – I don't think they announced the TV schedule yet of how it's going to work, if there's going to be any regional broadcast available. Like I would like to see Jim Jackson and whoever I'm assuming. Um, probably Keith – well, Keith Jones will be on the national, Keith, so probably, yeah. be, uh, probably Bill Clement. 
Bill Clement. Like, I'm hoping we get to see those guys because it would suck if they they are just told like f off. That's that's the end of your season. No, I, I, I don't think so because they still have money to advertisers that needs to be paid and advertisers right. to go out. I bet you the playing rounds and the first rounds would be normal contract rules, which means that the regionals. Yes. Get the Good first point. round and the second round. They re- all the regionals right. are have access to the first round, second round, most games. Not every single one of them, but most games. Yes. And then the third round and the Stanley Cup, they're all national regardless. Right, which I think you're probably right. Uh, I think that's how it's going to go. So I'm curious to see if these regional and national broadcasting uh, outlets are going to do something to make it unique. Are we going to be have more players mic'd up? Like you always get the Kevin Hayes of the world mic'd up, uh, like the Claude Giroux every once in a while. Like adding a mic'd up player is always going to add interest to the, to the sport. That's just how it goes. So I'm hoping that they find a way. Obviously, you're going to deal with because of – uh, empty arenas, you're going to hear more just naturally. Like uh, oh, again, yeah. I, I go net just back to the MLS because they are they're they're I think they were the first North American sport to return. I don't think anyone else has returned yet, but they added more microphones onto the field. Like there's oh, more, and it's smart. Like it's very interesting to hear them communicate because you don't realize how much talking oh. goes into soccer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you don't realize how much is in hockey either. Right. So you don't realize the, the mouthiest ones are the goalies. Right. So I'm hoping, like, how awesome would it be to hear this baby-faced 21-year-old in Carter Hart and just be like, wow, he has a mouth on him. Something tells me he doesn't. He probably has the least talking trash out of anyone at the time because he's obviously a second-year player. But how amazing would it be if we're watching the Flyers against the Bruins on August 2nd at supposedly 3 p.m. and Carter Hart's just chirping uh, Zidane Chara just because he's in his face. I cannot – I would hope to God that actually happens. I would be interested to hear that to see how much chirping the goalies actually do. But, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know how much. I would think more of a guy like – uh, Mike Smith in Edmonton. Yeah, yep. I bet he's a real big chirper. Yep. Um, some of the guys with the bigger personalities, Robin Leonard, even though uh, yeah, well, no, he's with Vegas, even though he might not be playing, he'll chirp. You'll probably be able to hear Mark Andre Fleury when he's in the zone. He kind of goes whoop, and he kind of like makes noises like that. Yeah. Like I'm interested to see what Carter Hart does like that. But I would, I would, I would think what amount of focus that he has going into the game. He's probably just going to hear him more directing the play, whether, you know, like if players are when um, like, for instance, if, if a defenseman is coming down to chase the puck and there's a guy right on his tail, you'll hear a goalie yell on or some sort of call like that, like yep. you know, on, on, on. Or like, you know, you might hear him up or over or directing the player wheel, depending on how they're directing as they're viewing the play the best way along the wall. So. And a lot of times what goalies do is that from the back end, they'll kind of direct the play even in the offensive zone like because they can see it and they'll kind of yell. Mostly players are good, but that's how they communicate like that. It's, it's really, really a fascinating thing. But going back to your point, I've never really heard a whole lot of goalies chirp like that. That would be really interesting to hear. The thing is, though, is that the only concern that I have, not really me personally, but if I were the NHL, Mm-hmm. When you do have mics on the ice, there's a heck of a lot of cussing that be going on down right. there, Billy. That so- would be that would obviously <laughs> like you obviously live in the have lived in the radio world. You know the seven dirty words, the George Carlin yeah. bit, but yep. like that's a real thing. Like I I am go through a training or I'm giving a memo every year almost about year and a half or so working in radio of a reminder on bits we cannot do on the radio, trademarks, uh, and then especially the seven dirty words pertaining to this. So it's like, how do they just go on this like insane, huge delay? Because like when you're watching TV, what you see happened probably on average about 21 seconds earlier because of the delay. So is are they going to try and do something like that? Or are they just going to – like there's ways around it, but – you also want to keep the family atmosphere because hockey is – you want to continue to create. Hockey is for everyone. We go to our conversation about when we were talking about the Black Lives Matter and trying to incorporate more and more people, not just uh, anyone that's – not just anyone, but – or I'm sorry, you want to get anyone and in, in not – like you want to appeal to anyone and everyone in trying to become a fan of hockey. So if you're – 
creating this family atmosphere. And then all of a sudden you hear Zidane Chara drop the F-bomb as he takes a puck to the nuts or whatever happens to the leg. Like, how do you approach that? Like, do you go on a huge delay or do you just make it part of the broadcast? Delay. You delay it a yeah. little bit. I mean, I think you delayed. You can you can bleep the sound out on the lower levels at least. At least have someone in the truck just focusing on the player one, so it doesn't cut out the, uh, um, you know the the uh, what are the what's the word the um, uh, the announcers. Yeah. I, look to me if it there if you hear a little bit of cursing down there, if a guy makes a bad enough play, you already hear it even during a regular broadcast. Like Travis Konechny's done it yep. a million times. You've heard him, yep. but. And the whole point is there are things they have to look out for like that. Yes, but hopefully they don't overdo it and actually let people understand what's going on down there because or, I think that could bring a lot of actually new fans being like, wow, I never knew how much they talked down there. And, wow, I never knew like Daniel goalies do this or wow, I never knew this, this, this. Like, you know, it may not be a bad thing. Or do you just create like you obviously have a couple of outlets there. NBC Sports Network is obviously the main one. Uh, but they also own, like, it's part of the network of CSNBC and all these other programs that might be tapped to broadcast them because you never know what's going to happen. Like, do you create a quote unquote mature rated channel? How cool no, would that be? No, that would be awesome, but I would doubt that ever happened. To see right. if that were the case, I'd want nothing but action shots the entire game. Literally, like, behind the net. Like, I don't know why they took away that camera angle, the one behind the goal, because every time they have I the love camera that. angle. Me too. And the thing is, every time it seems like they have the camera behind the goal, there's always a goal that's being scored. And it would always so, be the the power play mostly. I, like, yeah. I feel like NBC Philly still does it. They Maybe do, I'm but wrong. not nationally. Not nationally. Right. And nationally really does fixed. not. And the, the point is, though, is like, I don't, it would be cool if they did something like that. Like, hey, look, this is what goes down on the ice. But I think the issue would be is that you wouldn't get really the kind of mature stuff because when you have guys chirping between the benches, that's what it's really like entertaining. Like if you watch some oh of like the specials, like you know, like the Islanders guy and Drew Miller going out of it, and there are, and the guy was making fun of Drew Miller's hair, and they're cursing at each other back and forth, and like when they start hitting each other a little bit too hard, and they start getting each other's faces, like, and uh, they start cussing at each other and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that would be really cool, and that would get you really into it. But the thing is, is that that would also be a good bridge because that kind of stuff you'd see like when you watch like NFL films and NFL, yep. the NFL players do that kind of stuff. Like yep. people think want to see that, but I think the issue would be, it might be so spread out that it might keep pe- pe- people's focus off of the game and on to more what they're saying, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I no, I, I see what you're saying. So that leads me to, do you want crowd noise pumped in? Like these Hell other franchises? No. Okay. No. So, no, I, not anything unauthentic. And I think that what's going to be cool is that I think that they, they the only thing I would, I, would, I would agree on they pump in is when the teams play each other, since they're both in an away stadium, run the goal horn for each team yes. after they score. Not yes. no matter who's home or who's away, run the goal horn for each team. So I I think it's an interesting concept of pumping a fake crowd noise. Like when you when they don't pan out where you see the empty seats. Like soccer, NBC Sports Network has done it for the Premier League. So I think there's a chance or a good chance, I should say, that they're gonna do it for hockey. Oh. Um it's not terrible when, again, they're panned in where you can't see the seats. Once you notice that the crowd is not there and they're pumping in artificial noise, and again, it's only on, as far as I'm aware, it's only on the TV broadcast. The players aren't hearing it. So it's got to be even weirder for th- in that sense. So I, at, towards the end, I, at the end of it, I agree with you. I don't want fake crowd noise but i don't think it's as bad if they just focus on and it's impossible because you got to get the correct camera angles for the television broadcast but if they were to able to somehow not show the seats the empty seats as weird as that sounds and still pump it in it wouldn't be terrible but i agree with you at the end of it i would rather just hear no crowd noise and just the the authentic no, uh, ch- talking of what's going on on the ice. And here's why you can't have authentic na- fake crowd noise in hockey. There's two reasons why. When you're at certain camera angles, okay, and a goal is scored, what happens? 
the cameras start to shake because of the noise and people yeah. jumping up and down. Yeah. If you don't have that without authenticity, you're not going to buy it. Secondly, there's something very, very important as far as noise making that people don't realize that is such a huge part of the crowd noise, and that is when when the teams score and people start banging their hands on the glass. Yep. That is one of the loudest sounds that you'll hear and people cheering in the rink. Without that, and if I'm just hearing people go, yeah, I- I'm not buying it. Sorry, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not buying a fan or somebody going into a microphone. Right. I, I really agree. with. Like, that's one of the strongest things that I think we'll agree on. <laughs> like, there's no way I can get my head around fake crowd noise, especially as you keep have said time and time. <sighs> Hockey's just different. It's a different sport. It's why I really hope a lot of people tune in on August 1st. Uh, I've, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I wish I did. I just know the Flyers are scheduled for August 2nd at 3 p.m. is off the top of my head. Um, but whoever plays that first game, I'm assuming at 12 noon, like I hope it's a huge ratings boost for the for the NBC and the NHL because – It will be. It will I, be. I, like I think this is going to be causing – like they're not going to – they're obviously not going to work around each other. But if there was a way that the all four major sports, well, it's really only in October that you have that scenario. But now that we have baseball, hockey, and basketball all going at once here, it would be awesome to see them to just be like work around TV wise. They're not going to do it, but give everyone a chance to watch all three. If you haven't watched baseball or if you're a huge baseball fan and you never really watched hockey, now's your chance. Like, give it a shot. We'll work around it. But I, I just hope that someone that is in that scenario does come and watch some hockey and realize how insane this sport is. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the goal behind it is that you're going to have people who really don't have anything to do, unfortunately, because of unemployment being so high. Yeah, this is actually uh, for a lot of people. This is going to be something that they can consume, and I think that you know, yeah. while it's not the most ideal circumstances, I really don't blame sports for exploiting it because they've got to find a way to get an audience. I don't blame yeah. them. No, they have to. They, they, this is uh, like people are going to call the NHL and the NFL and all these other sports greedy for be trying to push themselves through because we're at that point. They're going to push themselves through no matter what's going on in Florida, who just had a record day in 15,000 plus cases in one day. And you have two leagues right now over there in the MLS and the M- NBA expected still one is going on right now in the MLS. The NBA has just established their bubble like these, these leagues are pushing on. Like this is going to happen, whether we agree with it or not. And as a selfishly as a podcast, we're looking forward to it. Like you can damn well expect a podcast around nine p.m. the night of August second because the Flyers play at three o'clock. The game will end around six, and then we'll prep and we'll go from there. Like that's selfishly as a podcast, we can't wait for this to start, and we're going to expect the league to go on. So. I'm excited. Like that's that, that's what this comes down to. No matter what I'm looking at, as I I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like that old phrase, we can be concerned for everyone in. <laughs> You're so the- old. <laughs> oh, stop it! That's not an old phrase. You said it yourself. You just said it's an old phrase. You old fart. <laughs> I meant in the Walk sense of it's a. At the same time. <laughs> I meant it in a way. That, you know what? Hey, you, I'm moving catch, on. You catching what I'm throwing? <laughs> you pick it I'm up. Pick it up. What I'm putting down. down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, but it, like, selfishly, we're excited for this, and we're anticipating the NHL once they start, and they have started. Today was the first day of training camp. This is it. Like, we're not, we're not stopping anymore. Yeah, I, I think that we're on the train to getting to our next destination. And uh, any other old saying you want to come up with, you know, the <laughs> the, the train keeps on rolling. You know what I mean? My, you know, main, point, my, main, point gonna... was, my main point was just that we can be excited the NHL and the rest of sports is returning, but also still be concerned about the 15,000 people that just tested positive Correct. in Florida. Yeah, but like like, we can do both things at once. It's not mutually exclusive, one thing or the other. Now you have people. You have no goddamn excuse not to stay at home because come August first. Because watch 
hockey, watch baseball, watch basketball. Football will be right around the corner after that. Let's go. Yeah, other other than like there's a there's a actually it's definitely it's a definite thing. Like yes, we haven't had sports in 4 months, but after this, once we get through this, there's it's going to be basically a full year and a half, possibly nearly 2 years of just straight sports. Yeah. There's going to be a month off between or month and a half off between the end of the the NHL season and the start of the 2020-2021 season set for I believe it's December first. They already said that that's yep. that was part of the CBA and the RFA, RPA, the Return to Play action. Yep. So like, this is going to be interesting. How it's never we went through this four months of no sports, but now there's like what twenty months straight, possibly twenty four months straight of sports in some capacity. Yeah, exactly. Until we probably get back to normal, I would say twelve months from now. I mean, we'll probably be wrapping up hockey season again somehow. So, yeah, I, I, I I'm telling you what, man. And by the way, by the way, this schedule where they don't start until December first and they just go through is smart for both the NHL and hockey. Like, yeah, absolutely. Or excuse me, for basketball. Like that's that's what they should be doing. There, it's not as competitive. They don't. Have have to really compete with football because football obviously owns September, October, November. Uh, as it winds down in December, there's obviously not as many games because you have playoffs coming around the corner. So the NHL and NBA benefit from a later start for sure. And then in the summer months, baseball is baseball. They continue to make their billions in, in TV ads as baseball, but the NH- there's plenty of room there for baseball or excuse me for hockey as well. So this is a a blessing in disguise, not to like make light of a terrible terrible situation, but these leagues are going to benefit I would hope at the end of the day. Yep, I completely agree with you. So, well, as we alluded to, the Flyers kicked this off unofficially 3 p.m. August 2nd. So we're what, like 2 weeks and change, 3 weeks or so uh of the We're restart. halfway through July, man. We really have two weeks. Yeah, ready this is, to go. This is crazy. Like I, I swear, we just had a podcast two days ago that said, "Oh my God, we don't have hockey anymore. What's happening here?" Yeah. Like we used to have a countdown of it is day sixty without hockey. It's day seventy without hockey. How have we survived this? And now, now we're, we're going at a backwards direction. We're counting right. thirteen day or twenty seven. How many? I can't math. How many days <laughs> left until hockey? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this pod. So either way, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll keep things updated. We're going to stay positive. Prayers out to the players in Montreal and Pittsburgh. We we sincerely hope. I know I was making light of the scenario, but I think we have to try to make light of scenarios. But in all seriousness – Please get better soon. Hopefully, if you are just self-quarantining to figure out if you have the uh, COVID-19 or not, hopefully that test comes back negative To because unlike what Michael Scott said, a negative test in medical is a good thing. So please get a negative test. Come back. Let's get some. Let's have some fun series here in Montreal and, and, and Pittsburgh and prove Scott and I wrong, thinking that's going to be one of the worst play-in no, series. They're, they're not tanking for it. I know. <laughs> we add a little humor to it, but no, really, we hope those guys get better quick. Everybody who has tested positive, hope you guys heal up quick and can't wait to see you back on the ice. So we'll got, talk to you guys next week uh, where we'll be just another day. We'll be a week away from hockey. Uh, my God. Again, can't believe we're back at this point. So give us a shout. Shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com, or give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Same thing, orangeandbackcheck. Uh, we thank you for listening. And you know what? I'm going to say we haven't said this in a while. Go Flyers. Just that simple phrase. I We haven't said that in so long because of the stoppage. We are finally back, and the Flyers are going to be serious contenders for the Cup this year. Whether it was a stoppage or not, I think this only adds to their contendership. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun, Scott. Uh, it's going to be fun. Oh, you just ruined it. I did. Have, have a good night. We'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week. What just hit me in the face?